What's up, family? Welcome into Speak. We're about to have some fun. That is Dave Hellman, the one and only Joy Taylor. I am Emmanuel Acho, and this is Super Bowl champ. Don't leave me hanging. James Jones in for LaShawn McCoy. I like that fit, James. But we got to get to it because the Cardinals suffered not just the loss on the field last night, but a loss of their star quarterback, Kyler Murray. You see him go down right there. ACL done for the season. A huge shakeup in Arizona. They're now four and nine, but more importantly, they have lost their star and starting quarterback. Remember, they signed Kyler Murray to a $230 million deal this offseason. Let's all talk about it because the real question is where in the world do the Cardinals go from here? I look at it like this. Cliff Kingsbury, he got to be gone. He cannot come back to Arizona. I haven't seen any fight from the Cardinals, number one. Number two, they don't respect Cliff Kingsbury. And number three, most importantly, he never should have been hired. Mm. Y'all remember Mm. Cliff Kingsbury was 35 and 40 as a head coach in college. He had Patrick Mahomes and went five and seven Mm. in college. Mm. Cliff Kingsbury fell forward. He failed forward. It actually makes no sense that he ever got the job in the first place. So I've been looking with a very scrutinous eye at who exactly is Cliff Kingsbury. He got to handpick his quarterback in Kyler Murray. Remember, they got rid of Josh Rosen, handpicked his quarterback in Kyler Murray. And with handpicking your quarterback, being gifted DeAndre Hopkins, they trade for Hollywood Brown, they draft a plethora of receivers, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, you get James Conner, and what do you have to show for it? A four-win season thus far this year. Cliff Kingsbury has lost the respect of the locker room if he ever had it at all. For that reason, the Cardinals have to cut ties in my mind with Cliff Kingsbury. Joy, I don't know if that's Cardinals red. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> it might I just be. It's more like holiday red. Yeah, it's the holiday red. AKA, okay, yeah. it's a sweater and it's freezing and all that. It, it is. I'm soft. Sorry, rest of the country. <laughs> where it's in the world, where should the Cardinals go from here? Ooh. That's rough to see, first of all. Mm. I hate to see it. Yeah. Get, get well soon. Kyler, you never want to see a guy go out like that. But I think they need to just take this moment to kind of self-assess mm. if you're the Cardinals. We're not going to be talking about you for the rest of the season. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about being in the headlines or any of that kind of pressure. We know the season's over. So revisit what your plan was because this was a very clunky year. And while it's perfectly reasonable to be critical of Cliff Kingsbury Mm -hmm. and the Cardinals organization as a whole with some of the decisions that they've made, I actually think this injury buys Cliff Kingsbury and the GM Steve Kime another year. Because if you really look at what this year has been, first of all, you started the year without DeAndre Hopkins. So, like, we're always talking about, like, oh, the roster, the roster. Okay, but did these players play? Like, he was not available. That's your number one target and a very high-level talent that your quarterback would like to take advantage of using on the field. Not available for the first six weeks. Kyler gets hurt, misses multiple games throughout the season, and is now not finishing the last part of the season. So there's a month he won't be playing. Can you really assess what the Cardinals are this year? Well, they're very undisciplined. They're second most in penalties. Mm -hmm. The defense is nothing to write home about. Mm -hmm. Very low ratings on the defensive side of the ball as well. So – what is the identity of the Cardinals? Mm. That's, that's a really good It's question. Cliff Kingsbury's <laughs> draft photo in his yeah. amazing mansion, and it's Kyler Murray Kyler arguing Murray. with him on the sideline. Yep. I don't really know what the Cardinals are. I don't really know what, what they're doing. I don't know what the direction is. I can't s- describe the offense. I can't describe the defense. So I think this is a moment where they really just need to decide what is our identity going to be moving forward? Because you're not getting Kyler back. He may be back at the beginning of next season. And you just signed Cliff Kingsbury and the GM to extensions. So are you really going to pay them to go away right now? I don't think they are. James, what should their identity be? You played with a lot of quarterbacks. You played for a long time. You've seen a lot of high-level ball, most notably with Aaron Rodgers. What in the world should the Cardinals – like? where should they go from here? What should their identity be? I mean, number one, when everybody's healthy, their identity should be throwing that ball over the yard, put the ball in Kyler Murray's hands, and let him get that ball to those playmakers. But you brought up a very good point, right? You said, I see no fight, right? (laughs) When you see no fight on the football field – That is a coach's problem. That means you do not have the locker room. Any good coach that you ever played for, any sport you ever played, you're going to go out there and you're going to go hard for him if he has the locker room. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have the locker room. You brought up identity. It's year four. And we're talking about what direction is this team going, right? Because of Cliff, it was going downhill last year. Then it came into this season, and I know he had injuries and all that, but it went downhill this season. So my thing is you got to let him go. 
Because if he comes back and you don't have Kyler Murray for the first month of the season, you're not going to win too many games, and then people are going to be saying you need to be fired. Bring in some fresh blood right now. Get that locker room back. Get that team back. Get some good mojo in, the, in Arizona. And let these let these players come out and fight Is for their coach. Is it possible to get a locker room back after you've lost it? If Cliff Kingsbury has, in fact, lost the Cardinals locker room, in your expert opinion, nine years professionally, is it possible to get a locker room back once it's gone? I don't think so, especially when you don't have a chance because the playoffs, they're not going to the playoffs. At least if you had a winning record and you got a chance to go to the playoffs, then possibly he could get the locker room back. But like I said, since last year, since that Rams game, that playoff loss, it's been going downhill, and he's lost the players in this locker room, and, he's, and he, he can't get it back he's not gonna get it back and that's why we don't know the identity that's why the players ain't fighting and that's when it's time to move on from cliff i I think it goes further than that to be honest with you i'm so glad y'all brought up identity because in my mind who's responsible obviously the coach sets a tone on the field but when you're talking about the identity of a roster and an organization isn't that just as much on the gm steve kime Mm -hmm. look at look at i mean like what what is, like what do the Cardinals do best? Okay, they have Kyler Murray. That's awesome. When he's yep. healthy, he's a good player. Yes, get well soon, Kyler, please. But other than that, think about the pieces on this Cardinals team that are worth talking about. DeAndre Hopkins, ninth-year vet that they traded for. Zach Ertz, Hollywood Brown, veteran player that they traded for. Receiver that they traded for, who good player. I'm not sure it was worth what they gave up for him. Just my personal opinion. On defense, you got a bunch of, like, there's some talented pieces there, but, again, guys that you don't know for sure what their identities are. Like, their last two first-round picks, tweener linebackers, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. By the way, going back to 2013, only two of their first-round picks have ever made a Pro Bowl. Mm. Fifth fewest in the league. One of their better first-round picks from the recent history is Hassan Reddick, Who's busy collecting double-digit sack seasons for other teams? Like, like, and and on top, like it just it just seems like there's no consistent strategy here. How about spending a top ten pick on Josh Rosen one year and saying, "My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. We got to do this over again. We got to get Kyler." The same thing with their coach, by the way. Steve Wilkes got one year in Arizona. My bad, my bad, my bad. That's not the guy. We got to get Cliff Kingsbury. By the way. Steve Wilkes is doing a pretty damn good job in Carolina right yeah, now. Really, He's turning that thing really around. Is, really. They might win their division. He is. There's no consistency with this organization. And it ha- it's been that way for four or five years now, in my opinion. And Joy makes a wonderful point. Cliff and Steve Kime both just got extended. I have no idea if the Bidwell family is willing to cash the check it would take to turn this thing over. But this just feels like a rudderless team to me. Like the only thing they have that you can bank on is Kyler Murray, and now you don't even know for sure about that. And I just think that is an indictment when you're talking about, especially, again, going to the GM level. Steve Kahn's been doing this thing since 2013, and it just feels kind of rudderless. Here's my thought process, though, Jay, real quick. My thought is this. When I look at the NFC West, and we talked about this a little bit off camera, I would take the Cardinals roster ahead of every roster except for the 49ers. And going into the season, before the Niners had acquired... uh, I can't. I would take them over the Rams. Rams. You would take the if everybody was healthy. Yes, sir. Carolina's. I mean, uh, you would take you would take Arizona's roster over Rams? LA's. Yeah. Oh yeah. For 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 several reasons. The most mm. important reason is Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup's the best player for the Rams, right? We all know that. Cooper Cup is matched by DeAndre Hopkins when you're just talking about roster. Then when you go to number two receiver, give me Hollywood Brown, give me Rondell Moore. When you go to running back, give me James Conner. Go to when tight end. When you go to tight Zach end, Hurts. give me Zach Ertz. Yeah. When you go to offensive line, the Rams' offensive line is the worst part of Y'all game. Y'all are leaving out the best player in football. Yeah, Very Aaron convenient. Donald. Donald. Yeah. Oh, no, Aaron Donald's nice. the best corner, too. And the best corner, yeah. Well, it, I don't think Jalen Ramsey is the best corner. Okay. He's one of. He's, he's, he's in the conversation. But I personally would take the Cardinals roster. The Cardinals have one of the the – three oldest rosters in the NFL. I'm not talking about for the future. I'm saying I would take them. Like, going into this thing, I don't look at the Cardinals roster as a negative. I look at the Cardinals coach as a negative. Cardinals roster, I'm like, they got talent, especially if you believe in Kyler Murray. You believe in Kyler Murray, they got talent. When I assess the coaches, what do you do when you lose a piece or two? Like, Mike McCarthy, to me, earned a lot of respect when I saw what he did with Cooper Rush. Yeah. Earned a lot of respect. Um, I think about Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor. Earned a lot of respect when you went 3-1 and without Jamar Chase. Earned a lot of respect. Cliff, without Hop. This is when it's time for you to earn your respect. 
Like, this is when it's time for you to check the check. he knew he wasn't going to have him. Knew though. He it wasn't him. a surprise. He knew he wasn't going to have him coming into the season. He knew Hop was gone for six, six weeks. But I want to ask you guys a question. You guys saying ain't no identity. They, they ain't showing you that they could lead the ship, right? They ain't got no vision. So why do we keep them? Because what's going? What makes you think that it, this is going to change? Oh, like, the only clear, reason I would the GM could change I mean, this. I don't. I do not have the the dough. Me personally, <laughs> like, I mean, and I don't know if the Bidwells are willing to spend that. I I think if you're asking me what I what they should do. I would do a total regime change mm-hmm. from the top down GM and head coach. It's just it's on the Bidwell family to decide if they're willing to spend that yeah. kind of money to make it happen. I suppose I'm I'm meeting my my reason yeah. with my opinion. <laughs> and it's my reason is blocking me from giving the opinion because I don't think that they're going to after extending both the GM and the coach and just signing Kyler Murray. So essentially saying this core is our future, that they are now going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, especially based off of all of the injuries that the Cardinals have had this year, not having D-Hop for the first six weeks. Whether he knew he wasn't going to have him or not, that's your number one target. That's one of the top receivers in the league, and he's not on the field. Whatever the reason was, or if you knew he wasn't going to be there, you can't just replace that person. And now Kyler Murray's hurt for the next four games, which is a significant chunk of time Mm. for the season. So it's more of the fact that I truly don't believe they're going to do it. Should they do it? Probably. But you're writing a big check for someone new to come in and maybe not even have Kyler Murray for the start of the season. The hard part is, if you're a Cardinals fan, my brother was drafted to the Cardinals, so I was in in turn a Cardinals fan, I would be hard-pressed to see Cliff Kingsbury start the season again. Like, that would frustrate me because I have no reason to believe it's going to go well. I have absolutely no reason. And, again, we talked about this off camera. It would remind me very much so of the Matt Rule situation with the Carolina Panthers. At the end of last season, we were all like, Yes. They probably should move on from Matt Rule, but they didn't. Speak, go ahead. Go ahead. What's your thought process here? Uh, Cliff has had more success than Matt Rule had. He has. Cliff has made it to the playoffs, and they've, gone, they've improved by wins every single year that Cliff's been there. They have, but also the way they've finished those years leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Sure, taste in my I, mouth I'm, not, too. I'm not saying there isn't room to criticize Cliff Kingsbury. Nine I just and think two. He's been better. Than Matt Rule. Matt Rule he, was consistently five wins. I, I agree. With it wasn't showing any kind of improvements. Where I do think that gradually improving says something. Again, it's not up to standard. It's not what you want to see. They do have a lot of, t- of talent on the roster, even if it's not a perfect roster. They can't be the, mo- the second most penalized team in the league. They can't have all this disruption. They can't have no fight. All of that is laid at the feet of the coach, which I think is perfectly reasonable. What I will say where I agree with you is, because I hate when teams do this. If you have any doubt, do it in the offseason. I never understand why you start the season and then a month in you're like, oh, we just needed these extra three games to figure it out. That, to me, doesn't make any sense. And I agree with you, right, because you see how we're talking up here and we're like, where's the Cardinals going? What is they doing? What's going to happen, right? If they bring him back, that's going to be the energy in that locker room. What is he doing back here? I'm telling you, he's lost the locker room. So all the energy coming off of an offseason, you may get some free agent play. They're going to have that energy taking the football field like, why we didn't get a new coach. Exactly right. And that's not good energy, especially if you have another losing season, which they're bound to. Well, speaking of great energy and wins, how about the 49ers? Their quarterback, Mr. Relevance, the last pick in the draft, Barack Purdy, his name, led maybe the hottest team in football to a dominant win. But is he actually more dangerous then Jimmy G, mm. that's next on Speak. Can't wait for that one. The 49ers currently the hottest team in the NFL. Six straight wins. And last pick in last year's draft, Brock Purdy, their starting quarterback now, dominated on Sunday. And I mean dominated. They beat the Bucks so bad they took the game off television. But... Now there's a great question to be had about Brock Purdy. Remember, he's replaced Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not going to be present with the injury. But are the Niners actually more dangerous with Brock Purdy? I think that is actually asinine. But I have to ask the question anyway, because, Dave, I love you. I respect your opinion. So coming to you first, convince me how they're more dangerous with Brock Purdy. Here's the thing. I'm glad the word is dangerous. I don't want to insult Jimmy Garoppolo and say that they're better. Better. Jimmy Garoppolo was having a great season. He's top 10 in efficiency. I think Jimmy G gives the Niners a higher floor, right? When you're starting a rookie, I think there's more room for error, more room for variance. But dangerous? Mm. I can see it. And and it's it's right there 
illustrated in the most recent game. We got the footage of it. If you could pull it up. Brock Purdy, what did he do in this game? He went deep, man. He threw it deep outside the numbers. I sent you this on Sunday, and you didn't, <laughs> I hated it then. You didn't like it. Brock Purdy has as many deep touchdown passes outside the numbers, so outside the boundary, a.k.a. taking shots. He's got as many through a game and a half as Jimmy G has over the last three seasons. Because what is Jimmy Garoppolo? He's a safe quarterback. Brock Purdy might be a little more dangerous, man. Like, he can maneuver the pocket. And with a coach like Kyle Shanahan and with the weapons that they have, okay, Brandon Ayuk speaks for himself. They scheme Christian McCaffrey open deep. Think about Jawan Jennings, too. Big 6'4", 6'5", receiver who can go down and get the ball. Not saying better, but dangerous, yes, I can see it. But dangerous could imply danger to the Niners as well. That's why, like, I don't believe that the 49ers are actually more dangerous with Brock Purdy. People have to remember, like, Brock Purdy played great for his first start. Great for his first time being out there. Like, let, let's remember, Jimmy G had a four-touchdown game two games ago. Like, this wasn't a long time. He's had a good season. Two games ago, he had a four-touchdown, no-interception game. Now, I will co-sign Dave's point for Dang. this reason, James, this reason only. If you ever played a game with a true freshman quarterback, go back to college, go back to San Jose State. Maybe you ever played a game with a rookie quarterback. They don't know what they don't know. No. no. So they do things like you're not supposed to do, <laughs> and they break yep. rules that are put in place for normal humans. I put it like this. Picasso has a quote, it takes a long time to become young. <laughs> right? Like, veterans forget, like, or remember, I can't even throw across the field. I'm not supposed to throw across my body. Brock Purdy will do that. So, for that reason, I will tip my hat to your Aww. take. I'm not sure that Joy will, though. Joy, are you actually considering the Niners more dangerous what, than Purdy? Why do we have to do this? Can't we, just, <laughs> can't we just let him have his moment? We, can we just let Brock live? He has this amazing game, beats the GOAT. Puts up incredible numbers. Make him play. <laughs> take his shots. What can you Is do for me next? Is he more dangerous than Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, Why do we have to be these people? All right, well, let's do it. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> I, had, I had to defend Dak for five weeks, so I can sit over here and champion Brock Purdy. Okay? I mean, well, look, it's you, you're, this is with the big boys now. Now there's pressure. True. Now there are expectations. He went out and had an amazing game, and now he is going to have to be step in and be the savior for this San Francisco 49ers team that is clearly capable of contending for a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And he is clearly capable of leading them. And that's that's what he showed. So do I think that they're more dangerous with him? I don't know that I would say that because I, I think that it's the intensity is only going to ratchet up. Like, that was a very big game, and he was incredible. You got to finish out the season, keep consistent. They've won six in a row. The pressure is at the highest now, and it's only going to get higher. And he seems like he has the makeup to step into that role. He clearly has the locker room. I mean, the leadership in that locker room has completely embraced him. Yep. I am with you on that he definitely has a better deep ball than Jimmy Garoppolo because he has a deep ball and Jimmy Garoppolo does not. It's not, a, it's not disrespect. It's just what the statistics say. One game sample size. Jimmy just it's, don't throw it. It's what the so statistics say. one game sample size. And he already has as many deep yeah. shots as Jimmy does. It's what the statistics say. And, and, and it's crazy because I was on your side until I heard that stat. <laughs> Wild stat, man. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, three years, one game, three years, absolutely they're more dangerous. And if you can take shots Ooh. down the football field with no fear and the way you can stretch the field, you have Debo when Debo comes back. You have uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's balling, who's yes, a sir. really good route runner, can blow the top off. It just opens it up for George Kittle on <laughs> top of their run game. And I think that was the most frustrating part for Kyle Shanahan yep. and us as fans. Take some shots, Jimmy G, to make this offense more explosive, make it more dangerous. Oh, right? God. And Purdy comes <laughs> in there, and he's making this offense more dangerous. And this Niners team, with that being said, now that you're taking shots down the field, the way they could play defense, the way they could run it, with number 13. Put your hand down. Yeah. Put your hand down. Oh, oh, Isn't that why they brought in Trey Lance? Because they felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was limited, limited athletically. The to be more and, there was, and they wanted it to be Correct. more explosive. Here, here's, here's my issue. Um, one, tell me if I'm going up to the big board or not, because I did not hear you. Okay, <laughs> here's my real issue. You all are ignoring some of the other things that occurred during the game because of the highlights. And don't get me started, right? The very first play of the game, Brock Purdy doesn't recognize a blitz off the side. Set. Get set. Sacked. Now, nobody talked about it. This is the most important play to me, though. Nobody paid attention to this. Brock Purdy, you mentioned George Kittle, James. Screen. 
He throws it high. This is typically like a 20, 25-yard gain with Jimmy G. Instead, it's an incompletion. Now, why did we not care? Because the next play or two plays later or something, they end up picking up the first down. This is what I just want everybody to remember about who Brock Purdy is. Like, he is good enough to get the Niners where they want to go. But while you laud and salivate over the 30-yard bomb, which likely might not necessarily happen again, like, let's not forget the first play of the game, which we were rescued because of a – TBD questionable helmet contact call. Let's not forget that second or third pass of the game. A Aaron screen throw. Like, let's everybody just but call. That, but, but that's good not, and bad. Can no, we not pick good. out yeah. some of these plays for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. And, and that's where we, I'm going. Because that's good and bad. Because if that's Jimmy G, yep. right, he going to shell up and he going to continue to throw these little screen passes. Sure. But the most dangerous man, right, <laughs> he like, I'm still going to take my shots. I'm still going to be aggressive in this offense, even if it means mistakes. And that means a scary offense, and that's a scary place to be going up against so Kyle Shanahan. What I don't mind about it so much, <laughs> if, he doesn't, if he doesn't go off the rails with it, which with Kyle Shanahan, I don't, I don't believe yeah. that he will. I, I mean, I'm so. anticipating that he's yeah. going to turn the ball over at yeah. some point. Sure. But – the way that their defense is set up, yep. mm-hmm. they are a little more protected yeah. to recover from those kind of mistakes. Some teams cannot afford yeah. to turn the ball over like that. They don't have that defense that's going to be able to save them. So because they are so freakish on the other side of the ball, you have an, a little bit more of a margin for error with Brock Purdy. Here's my thing, though, James. I've got a thought for you, and then i got a question. Talk to my me. first thought is this. We have seen roughly seven quarters of Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. We've seen, like, 70 games of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Let's not compare seven quarters to 70 I games. I know, but, but we're still trying to get Jimmy to throw the ball down the field. That, I mean, there's no reason why Jimmy Garoppolo, being the winner that he is, there's no way the Niners should have said, before the season even started, you ain't even get to compete, brother, brother. <laughs> Trey Lance is the dude. Like, there should the way Jimmy has played and the way Jimmy has won for the Niners, you shouldn't be able to move on that easy. But as you turn the tape on, you like, bro, he ain't throwing that, and he need to throw that go ball. He ain't throwing that beeline. He need to throw but that sir, B. He's not taking the chances to make this offense sir, explosive. But how has it hurt them? It hurt them. Jimmy G missed one pass in the Super I'm not Super saying Bowl. it hurt them, but when we talk about being more explosive, if I'm a receiver and I'm running these posts and these post corners and these stutter goals like you seen Purdy throw for the touchdown and Jimmy not letting it go, bruh. <laughs> Let that thing go. You checking it down. Let it go. Are we winning? Yes, but we can be more explosive. 13 comes in the game, and everybody's more explosive all of a sudden. And that's why they wanted Trey Lance over Jimmy, because they wanted to be more explosive. And 13 come in there and say, don't worry. I know what you want, Kyle. We're going to get there. (laughs) Final question before I take us to break. How much will defenses evolve? You, you stepped in, I'm sure, as a rookie, second year, et cetera, or even after you led the NFL in touchdowns with 14 that one year. After they get tape on you, it's a different story. Yeah. After they get tape on Brock Purdy, it will likely be a different story. How will defenses evolve? Well, see, this How is that the blessing the about it because he don't got to win the game. Kyle Shanahan knows how to run the ball. He could take the ball out of his hands. Kyle could see his young quarterback struggling and say, we got a big-time defense. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. And maybe we might take a shot, but he could protect them. He don't got to come in as a young player, even though he is taking the shots. He don't got to come in and say, I got to win this game on my right arm. Kyle knows how to design plays. He knows how to run it. Debo come back. You got McCaffrey. You got Kittle in the screen. Like, he can protect him. And I think that's going to help him in the long run as well, not turning the ball over and things like that because the coach is going to protect him. And when he got to take shots, he's going to take shots. Well, speaking of needing help, the Miami Dolphins need it desperately. Two consecutive losses after a red-hot start to the season for their quarterback, Tua. Now it looks like chaos in Miami. How worried are we? That's next on Speed. The Dolphins had the third-ranked offense in the league two weeks ago. But boy, hell, things have changed. The loss to the Niners, then with the whole world watching, a loss to the Chargers, and it was ugly. Tua started the game 3 of 17 and did not finish the game much better. Well, guess what? Saturday, they got a game with the whole world watching against the Bills. It does not look good for the Dolphins as of late. But, Joy, are you worried about their quarterback, Tua? No, I'm not worried. Now, this weekend is going to be a tough one. I'm worried about how that game's going to go. But about Tua specifically, I'm not. Uh, Remember earlier this year, Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. guy that we all think is great, had a three-game stretch from weeks 8 to 10. 
They went one and two, lost to the Jets and Vikings. He had three touchdown passes and six interceptions. Ooh. He averaged a completion percentage in that three-game stretch of 58.8%, 67.2 rating. Mm-hmm. They, they, they figured it out. Now, of course, many would argue Josh Allen has already proven himself in the league to be a bona fide starter. He's been paid as such. He's had postseason success and all those things, and that's perfectly true. But my point is, you're allowed to go through a little stretch where you struggle. And I wouldn't even put this last game entirely on Tua. While Tua did play terribly, it was Mike McDaniel's worst coach game, in my opinion. I think it was worse than the San Francisco game because I credit that San Francisco game to that San Francisco defense, which just blew whatever game plan they had completely out of the water. But at this point, I think people almost want Tua to be bad. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, one game against the Chargers, it's over. Like, I get it. That's great for social media. It's not fun to play the long game on Twitter. Believe me, I know, because I do it all the time. <laughs> People love to run to social media and dunk on somebody when they have one game and let it define their entire legacy. Uh, happened after the, the Colts won one game. Where's everybody at? Everybody's internet's <laughs> broken, and nobody's calling for us to go straight to the uh, sidelines to coach anymore. What happened? Same thing's going to happen with Baker Mayfield and the Rams. Great win. Is he going to be able to do this consistently for the rest of the season? The two and, and Herbert have split. They've split. They've matched up twice, two and one, and Herbert won. It's not the end of the world. So I just think that this reaction to how two has been playing over two games is getting a little out of control. Fair. Fair. I will say this. I'm still confident in Tua, obviously. That's not going to shake it. I'm worried about Tua, though. I was worried about Josh Allen when he struggled. I'm worried about Dak Prescott throwing eight interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, on the season. I was uh, worried at a moment, Philadelphia Eagles, when you're tied with the Houston Texans, you're trailing the Indianapolis Colts, and you struggle for three consecutive weeks after losing to the Commanders in there as well. So I am a person that is probably a little more worry-filled. Reason I'm worried is when I turned on the tape, stair-stepper, y'all need before before every show, I just be here, stair-stepping with my iPad, stair-stepping <laughs> with my iPad, watching the film. And I said, wait a second now. Chargers got up in the Dolphins' face, mm. pressed the Dolphins. Mm. Cornerbacks were not giving the Dolphins uh, receivers free releases. And the Dolphins did nothing about it. it. Why does that make me worried about Tua? Because when somebody presses you, as a defender, and James, I will talk to you specifically, as a defender when I'm pressing a receiver, I'm doing that for one reason and one reason only. I want to disrupt timing. That's it. That's it. That's it. Can we see the two shots, please? Can I talk to my guy? We <laughs> already saw the game. When, I, when you're That's pressing it. a defender, you want to disrupt timing. The Dolphins live off of timing. So unless the Dolphins can figure out how to counteract getting back on time, because Tua's not an off-time quarterback. Herbert's best play all game, scrambling to the right, off-time, Mike Williams, corner of the end zone, taps his toes, Mm. Herbert's an off-time quarterback. Tua on time, ding-dong, he right there 7 a.m. where the reservation's supposed to be, that's when he gonna be there. But if you disrupt his timing, Mm. I haven't seen them counter yet. You worried about Tua? Elaborate on those points. Yes, uh, I am worried about Tua. I have not lost confidence, but I'm worried. And I'm I'm worried about the head coach as well because you're supposed to be an offensive guru coming from Kyle Shannon. I'm worried about you too because the Niners came in there, they got up in your face, and they played cover two-man, and they got after Tua, right? So you would think you would come into this Chargers game knowing it's a copycat league, knowing that we are going to see the same stuff. If you don't know what two-man is out there, that's corners, linebackers up in press coverage, safety help over the top. All the corners have to do is undercut everything, right? And all you seen was in-breaking routes in these corners, undercutting everything with safety help over the top. And it was no answer for it. It was no answer in the Niners game, and it was no answer in the Chargers game, and they still have Tua standing back there. They're not moving the pocket. They got him standing in the pocket as he's getting pressure against 55 coverage. The play calling that I was watching against the Chargers was not cover two man-to-man beaters, right? When you got cover two man-to-man beaters, you want to put pressure on them safeties, right? You want to run the football. Right? They ran it once or twice, and then they stopped running the football, and they were having success, especially in the second half, running the football. But the play calling has me worried, right? And the way Tua was seeing it has me worried. Because some of these throws that he was throwing, a couple of them should have been picked off. And you're looking at it like, does he not see the safety right there? Does he not see the corner undercutting that? So for me, as a coach and a quarterback, when we're both not seeing it, That is a problem, and that worries me because I promise you, Joy, 
They're going to get this same oh, coverage yeah, it's, it's, against it's, the it's Buffalo Bills. And how league, are you going, going to respond? How are you going to see this, Tua? And that's what gets me worried as this season What's goes What's fascinating, on. Dave, for me is this. I, ha- I don't know how many gears or weapons Tua has in his belt because he hasn't had to pull a lot of them out. Like, all season, Tua was in the MVP race because, for the most part, go ball. In-breaking route, go ball, slant, go. Everything was fine. Now, though, I'm very fascinated to see, okay, Dua, you got, Tua, do you have a changeup? Yeah. You got a slider? But do you, you, know got the, you know what the changeup is? The changeup is to get out of the pocket and run. Aaron Rodgers is not the fastest. He know I'll tell him right now he run five flat props, <laughs> right? But they couldn't play us two man for a long time because 12 will get outside the pocket and pick up first down with his legs. That's why Josh Allen doesn't see man-to-man a lot and 55 coverage a lot too, man, because when he gets out of there and everybody's backs is turned, doubling these receivers, he's gone for 40 yards plus, even more the way he's running and breaking tackles. So Tua needs to understand if they want to keep playing me like this, if the coach is not going to call runs and we can't run it consistent, I need to get outside the pocket and do what Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and those guys do and make some plays with my leg, and that will get them out of that cover too, man-to-man very fast. You got to keep in mind, though, that's a little bit easier said than done when you consider the injury issues that Tua had earlier in the season and even going back to college with the hip. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't like to call players injury prone. I mean, there's a 100% chance of injury when you play football, but I, I, I don't feel as good about Tua taking those types of shots as some of these guys like Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen is. A, I don't even like Josh Allen taking I mean, those it, I get nervous when Josh Allen runs and he's built like a Mack truck, and Tua is not built like that. So I hear you. I think it's, it's a, I think you have to pick your spots a little bit better when two is your quarterback in terms of putting him in harm's way like that. I, I wonder, like, and that's, I use the baseball analogy all the time, Acho. Like, cool, you got a fastball. Cool, you got a great slider. What do you do when, that, when you don't have that? You know, if, if you've got a great slider and nothing else, the day when you're not locating the corner of the strike zone, it's over for you. You're getting pulled after, like, three innings. So I'm not worried about Tua or the Dolphins. I, Joy said you're allowed to have a dip. I expect you to have a dip. This is the NFL. Like, people, we joke about Brandon Staley because his reputation as a head coach is for the fourth down decisions. He was a D.C., and his scheme with the Rams set the league on fire. Yep. Like, these guys, everybody knows what they're Let doing. Let me challenge you, Dave. Let me challenge you for a second. James, chime in on this. Joy, chime in on this as well. You're allowed to have a dip, but not all dips are created equal. Of course not. Sure. Remember, Josh Allen's dip was self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen against the Jets, he literally threw the ball right to a cornerback. I think he was feeling himself. First play of the game, caught Stephon Diggs, 60-yard bomb. Third play of the game, just throws it right to a corner. Josh Allen against the Packers, game in hand, got a little comfortable, a little nonchalant. Second half, couple picks. Okay, but I can can come back at you. I hear you. You're right. Tua's Tua's dip thus far is not self-inflicted. No. The Niners inflicted, and the Chargers, to my surprise, I will say, inflicted. This dip seems more less than Tua's so control. So then is that on Tua or is it on the coaching and the play calling? Because right. I, the, your note is the first thing I said when we came out here after the game. Run the damn ball. Run the ball. You got to run the ball. If everything is disrupted, if the timing is off, if people are just disrespecting you in the pass game, you've got to run the ball. And they weren't running the ball. That's not Tua's choice. I think, I think it was a game of chess that McDaniel could have put Tua in better positions. But I think to James's point, it was a game of chess that Tua hadn't yet seen before. For example, if you're not going to run the ball, there were several times where it's like, Tua, first read's not there, second read's not there. Now you got to tuck and run. First, first two drives, if I'm not mistaken, Tua, just hit the the check down like he didn't want to take the check down he wanted to wait for Tyreek to bend over the crosser which he usually does and hit Tyreek across the middle but it was like Tua just take the check down live to play another day Dave get in here I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins are a little bit stubborn like the way that they've been doing this is working working. really well and this is so I'm not worried but it's about how you respond to this are you going to just keep hammering at that even if it's not working or are you going to adjust that's why you should be worried because they've been keep hammering at that for two weeks now all right (laughs) now this has been two losses and I understand right Tua has been injured and all that But these defenses are not coming out of this coverage if he does not make plays with his legs. That is the best way to stop speed. 
55 coverage. Cover two man is the best way to stop speed. Press the receivers. Let's play underneath them. And we got fast guys over the top as the safeties to take away these posts and these wheel routes and these go balls and force the quarterback to hold it. And our pressure gets there if he is not willing to get outside the pocket. And it's not going to change. I know he, you don't like saying injury prone and he could be worried about getting injured. But if he doesn't escape the pocket and make a couple throws or pick up some yards with his legs, he's going to see this all season long. And if you don't run and you hold the ball, this is what's going to happen. Well, that's why I'm very concerned about this weekend. I think the game plan is going to be very important. Obviously, it's going to be freezing cold in Buffalo. It's going to be a different environment. They're going to be hungry. They want to get this win. They need this win. But Buffalo doesn't at the top of the you know, uh, conference right now. But they'd like to beat Miami, close it up even, mm-hmm. even further. And Sean McDermott is a defensive coach. So they're going to be prepared and watch everything that happened with San Francisco and everything that just happened with the Chargers. And to your point, they're not going to get out of it if they don't make them get out of that, that style of play. It reminds me of that saying, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like, that's that <laughs> Dolphins offense. You got like, a, a saying for everything. I'd be reading yeah. books, man. <laughs> <laughs> if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. The tool for the Miami Dolphins is elite speed. That's it. Elite speed and timing. So they're going to their elite speed, the go balls, every single opportunity. But against press coverage, Against two men, you got to change that up. I understand y'all got that hammer in your pocket, but Dolphins, everything ain't a nail. Coming up, the Cowboys close to booking their ticket to the playoffs, but playoffs could mean Super Bowl unless this is just the old school Cowboys. I think it's a different team, though, Dave Hellman. That's next. Time to discuss it on Speed. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, they are on a streak right now. Won four straight games, and their offense has been dominant, especially at times. Ten-win season for consecutive seasons for the first time since 1996. They also have a top-five defense for the first time since 2003. Whether you love the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys, you have to respect the Cowboys. This Dallas Cowboys team is different. This Dallas Cowboys team is poised to win playoff games. This Dallas Cowboys team offensively incredibly potent. Defensively, they can be very stringent, especially at must-needed times. This Dallas Cowboys team has a coach that has won a Super Bowl who has gained my respect in Dallas. Come on now. Had my respect in Green Bay. He's gained my respect in Dallas. They're leaning into Tony Pollard, and we all desired that they would. Since week 10, Tony Pollard has the fifth most touches from the running back position. Furthermore, and this is a hidden piece to me which makes this Cowboys team different, which makes this Cowboys team capable of winning a Super Bowl. They have a talented defensive vocal leader. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't recall the Cowboys defender being this talented and vocal since maybe Darren Woodson. Demarcus Ware was this talented. Absolutely. Good. Give Woody a shout out. No doubt about it. Demarcus Ware, this talented. Absolutely. But we all know, and I know Demarcus Demarcus Ware off the field, he's just not that, like, loud. He's just a very calm, mild manner, chill, relaxed guy. But Micah Parsons, vocal leader and incredibly talented. That's what you'll need come playoff time. For that reason, I think this Cowboys team is totally different. But, Dave, you've covered the Cowboys for 10 years. I say it all the time. You covered the Cowboys before they were at the star, back when they were in Valley Ranch. Sure. You know the Cowboys very well. Is this Cowboys team different? Joey, can you check his glass for me? It's, a, it's there, empty. There, there's no Cowboys juice. You've got, Cowboys got some juice. stuff on the side there. I, I like everything you just said. Okay. I really do. I like the way this team is constructed. I like I like I love their quarterback. I love their defense. I love their pass rush. I think Mike McCarthy has done a phenomenal job getting them. I don't want to hear but. To this territory, but no, oh, there's a huge but. There it is. Why do you think that? And like, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that I'm, I'm, I'm knee deep, I'm neck deep in Cowboy world. You, if the Cowboys fall flat, you hop back <laughs> over to the Eagles and the Niners and now the Dolphins. You got all these other bandwagons. Like over here in Cowboy world, show me. Show me. And but it's, they have. No, they haven't. How not? Um, Two consecutive 10-win seasons is saying something. No, it, no, it doesn't. Not, it says they have carryover from one okay, year to the cool. next. You have consistently gotten yourself into position to go to the playoffs. Good for you. What is the standard in Dallas? Super Bowl? They got five of them right in the entryway. I used to walk past them on my way to work every Good single day. day. They played in eight. Haven't been to one since 95. Four and 11 in the playoffs since the 95 season. Haven't won multiple playoff games since that season. 
Three since 96, Joy. Mm. Three since 96. I know that's your favorite stat. I have it right here. Why, like, we, it, 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 it's, not a, it's not a hating on the Cowboy thing. The Cowboys signed my paychecks for a long time. I got no hate in my heart. They weren't very big, though. The impetus. <laughs> thank you for saying that, so I didn't have to. <laughs> the impetus is on them. It's not like it's not it shouldn't be our responsibility to fall for this year after year. Show me. And like for everything nice that you just said, I can come back at you and say they're top three in the league in penalties. Mm. They got 89 this this year. It's Finding ways to win. It's been. They are. They are. <laughs> Should, probably shouldn't be that stressful against the Houston Texans. They've got 10 turnovers since Dak came back from his thumb injury. That ain't good. That's more than one per game. That's not winning football. That ain't going to beat the Eagles or the Niners or, God forbid, the Chiefs or the Bills if they actually get that far. It's not to say that they're not good or they're not capable, but what reason in 30 years or in 10 years of me dedicating my life to knowing what's going on with them, what reason have they given me to trust? It's on them. I'll give it to you. It's on them. I will give it to you before we move to joy. This is a reason. Shame on you. This is a reason. Absolutely. I won't know. I won't hear it. <laughs> this is the Shame best. on them. Nope. For breaking my heart. This is the best Cowboys team in comparison to the competition since they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I believe that is a fair statement. The best Cowboys teams, people would say, is 2014 or 2016. Ooh, Those are the arguments. Don't sleep on 07. Fair. 07 was good. Don't fair. sleep on 07. The brakes off How us. many playoff games did 07 and 16 win, by the way? 07 whooped up. Big old. Big old but donuts in, in the playoffs. in to the competition yeah. is where I put my brakes down. And, like, the competition is the 49ers led by Brock Purdy. The competition is a great Eagles team, but they are still led by Nick Sirianni, who hasn't won a playoff game, and Jalen Hurts, who hasn't won a playoff game. This Cowboys team, compared to the competition, is as good as they've ever been since the Super Bowl. Joy? Uh, we have this very doing? scientific graph here. Come on now. Uh, that I sent you guys. Yeah, you did. Oh, that was funny. I wish I had gotten it for the big board. But essentially, it's a cycle of the Dallas Cowboys and their lifestyle. So the season starts, and then you win some games, and then the fans get your hopes up, or the media (laughs) gets their hopes up. We them boys. We them boys. It's our year. That's where we are right now. We them boys. Uh, Then the next level is to choke in the playoffs, and Mm. then the cycle starts again. Mm. Maybe we'll tweet this out. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Mom. Look. Cowboys have a great defense. Micah is incredible. Mm -hmm. They have been finding ways to win. Mm -hmm. They had an impressive win this week. I know Cowboys haters didn't like it, but I think if you can overcome a bad game. No question. And have a 98-yard game-winning drive after being the reason why you're behind in the first place says a lot. A lot of character. I love Dak Prescott. I've been team Dak Prescott for a long time. Thought he should have been paid early. So on and so forth. Do it in the postseason. I don't – it's just it, – this is not what the Cowboys' standard is. I don't know why Super Bowl is the Cowboys' standard other than the fact that they used to win Super Bowls because they haven't been anywhere near a Super Bowl in decades. In decades. When you've won five, you there create a standard. There are whole fans That's how that who works. have been birthed and are now in the workforce True. who did not see the Cowboys in a Super Bowl. Facts. Okay? So it is a quarter of a century. More? Is it more than a quarter of a century? No, it's more. More? Okay, sorry. I'm underselling it. Do it in the postseason. There is one thing that I have talked about for a long time. I have a theory about the Cowboys, and everyone thinks I'm crazy. I don't know why, because I have so much evidence that I'm right. (laughs) What is it? Jerry Jones owns this team. At some point, the hype is going to get big, and Jerry's going to come in with his magical Jerry (laughs) magic and sprinkle it on and make it controversial in some way or another, and then it's going to be all about that and not about the winning. It always happens that way. But I would say this before you go, James. I think it'll transition you right to the glass to dunk it. That happened already this season. And the Cowboys weathered that storm. Mm. Mike McCarthy weathered the storm. Mm. Mike McCarthy went to the podium after Jerry Jones had talked, one, about Dak's injury. McCarthy didn't know that Dak Prescott was done, and they're at the podium, and McCarthy's like, so Dak's going to be out for several weeks. McCarthy's like, oh, is he? Weathered that storm. They bring up the Cooper Rush debate. McCarthy weathered that storm. I think he's weathering the storm. I think it's a different Cowboys, James. Where you stand? I mean, you got to be weathering the storm if it's back-to-back 10-win seasons under Coach Mike. And this team is different, right? And I understand Cowboy Nation, America's team wants Super Bowl wins. I understand that. But this team is built to win a Super Bowl. The way they play defense, 
right? And they've overcome all of that. You talk about Dak's picks. You talk about the penalties. You talk about they've overcome all that because of the way they play on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't care nothing about being third and passing and all that takeaways, right? They are getting takeaways and getting the ball back to Dak Prescott, and they're finding ways to win games. I promise you, I know it's the Texans, but if this was the same Cowboys team, Joy, they would have lost that game, right? But they dug in, and they found a way to make plays and win that ball game. This team is different. This team is going to be a problem in the playoffs. Just the same way I feel about the Niners. Don't nobody want to play the Niners? Don't nobody want to play the Dallas Cowboys and this defense. Dak Prescott could put up 40 like that. The defense could hold you to seven like that. This team is different and is led by Coach Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Put some respect on Coach Mike's name. He has changed the organization over there. He has changed the way they look at things over there. He has changed Jerry Jones. He has changed Dak. Yes. He has Coach Mike wants. You just went and you go get T.Y. Hilton, a guy that if he don't pull a hamstring, he is about to stretch this field. Who is that going to help? Dak Prescott. Who else is going to help? Because we talked about it on the show when I was on here a long time ago, is C.D. Lamb because he's not a bona fide number one. Now you get a T.Y. that can run. Now you got a Gallup on the other side that's making plays. You know what that does? That frees me up. Now I get one-on-one coverage back in the slot because I got these guys on the outside. Now this offense is going to be even better on top of this defense. Kudos to Coach Mike. He's changing. You want to go Jones. first or me? I, no, oh, I, 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 let, I let him give Mike some flowers because I. Do that was think, one flower too many, though. It's a lot of flowers. Yeah. Well, the, the Jerry Jones. We're going to take that one back. Uh, we're going to take that little. He changed that over here. But, but, but Mike McCarthy does not get enough credit because they were talking about firing him Thank through you, the Joy. season. Thank you. And he has done an amazing job mm-hmm. with this team. Yep. What he did with Cooper Rush, yep. Yep. he deserves credit because people. Dump on Mike all the time, and he has done a really, really nice job. So he does deserve flowers. I do have in my notes, though, this is the only only way that I will submit to this during the regular season. If, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles Mm. on Christmas Eve, Mm. I will take one sip of Cowboys juice. Let's go. Just one. Just one. (laughs) One One shot. One's all you need. One shot, that's it. Uh, (laughs) It goes down smooth. (laughs) I do do think they are extremely talented. All the stuff that we're saying is true. Mike McCarthy is doing a great job. It is still at the end of the day the Cowboys, and we have seen extremely talented teams do this. I I said the cycle at the beginning of the scene. This is the cycle. We're in the cycle right now. So until you break the cycle. They're not different until they prove that they're not. I agree with everything you just said. I agree with. They are built to make a run. They still have to do it. Yes. I'm sorry. I've been burned too many times. All the teams do. (laughs) No, but but most teams have a track record of doing it. And the Cowboys. Everybody on the Eagles train right now. That's fair. Everybody was on the Eagles train. Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year, hadn't proved nothing. I'm going to call it before it happens. Show me. I'm not saying Super Bowl. <laughs> Two playoff wins. <laughs> NFC Championship. NFC Coming up, the Bills hit some rough patches. Two lost two games in a row. But since they've won four straight, I believe that Josh Allen has put all those concerns to rest. I picked them to win the Super Bowl, speaking of. We got to talk about that next on Speak. Don't go anywhere. Buffalo Bills won four consecutive games. They are on a hot streak right now. They're number one in the AFC ahead of teams like the Chiefs and the Dolphins. However, they had some back-to-back losses back-to-back losses earlier on in the season. Gosh, I just like freestyling and not reading teleprompter. Anyway, going to you, James Jones. Have the Bills put all their concerns to rest? Remember, early on in the season, it looked bleak. Yeah. No. They haven't, right? And you're right. The first eight weeks, they was lights out, yep. right? Every time Josh Allen got the ball, you thought him and Stephon Diggs was about to score a touchdown. Every time. Unstoppable. You didn't think there was going to be stop. I don't get that feeling now, right? And they went from the number one offense to now the number eight offense. They went from 308 yards a game to 212 yards a game. Like, the trend is going like that. And for you to go out and say, get up off that couch, Cole Beasley. We need you. <laughs> we see problems. We see problems. When you turn the tape on, we see problems. And it could be Stephon Diggs might be the only one winning. We don't have a guy in the slot that can win. So our quarterback can stop scrambling so much and we get the ball out of his hands. But the trend has been going like this for this offense, and it's not good. 
It, it is not good at all. Josh Allen started this season, and we like, he is going to win the MVP by a landslide. I don't care nothing about Patrick Mahomes, what he's doing with his legs, his arm. Buffalo Bills unstoppable. You've seen the game when he played against Patty. That is not the feeling you get right now when the Buffalo Bills I push take back. the field. Let me push back. Is that not because the last three weeks the Buffalo Bills have played what will likely be playoff teams? Patriots are probably going to be a 6 or a 7 seed. It looks like the Lions might sneak into the NFC as a 6-7 team. Many people are saying the Lions are the hottest team in football. Not only that, but keep in mind they beat a Jets team, a Jets team that people are saying Mike White is the guy. You believe in all them? I don't. (laughs) But people telling me to believe in all them. Let me give you one better. Let me give you one better because this you must believe in. The Ravens right now, they're in the playoffs. They beat them. Mm -hmm. Titans right now, they're in the playoffs. They beat them. The Chiefs right now, they're in the playoffs. They beat them. The Dolphins right now, they're in the playoffs. They lost to them by a missed field goal. They have them on Saturday. The Buffalo Bills have seen the entirety of the AFC playoff picture. Literally everyone, minus one team, the Cincinnati Bengals. They just haven't played them. Dave, they've seen every single playoff team and have either beat them or have them on Sunday at home, Saturday at home, Miami Dolphins, and will likely be heavy favorites. I think they're good. The three, the last three wins, give me the teams again. Detroit Lions. Uh Uh-huh. New York Jets, uh-huh. New England Patriots. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. And they offense been going like that, right? They ain't been putting up the numbers sir, yes, they sir. Were early in the season. You know what that tells What's me? What's that tell you? People are figuring them out. And that is a problem that they are not running away from teams like that, right? We thought it was going to be them and the Kansas City Chiefs head button. And whoever has the ball la- whoever has the ball last is going to score. They're both I don't necessarily feel like three. I understand the record-wise, but I don't necessarily feel like that on the offensive side of the ball, right? And I am concerned. You do not go get a guy like myself and yourself drinking coffee, sitting on the couch, hamstrings about to pop to come help your offense if you're not concerned, right? They trying to get Cole Beasley coming there. I am concerned about this Buffalo team because they started off on fire and the trend has been going down. You very casually mentioned, and I mean, it counts towards your resume and your record. <laughs> I get it, but you very casually mentioned a whole bunch of wins that happened before Halloween. They did. This ain't a vacuum. You're not as good on December 13th as you were on October 18th. You can go up, you can go down. This offense hasn't looked the same, man. Bills had 232 yards against the Jets. And the Jets are a very nice defense. Say that again, how many? 232. I got got more for you. I got more for you. Go ahead. Josh Allen accounted for 194 of those yards. Mm. He's the only one doing anything right now. He's 15 yards away from being their leading rusher on the season. He was their leading rusher in that game. If you can do basic math, which I barely can, if he had 194 yards, that means only 38 players not named Josh Allen got the Bills yards, either throwing or running. That is not sustainable. They were 2 of 12 on third down. Even even against the Jets, even if you think the Jets are great, 2 of 12 on third down with Josh Allen? Come on now. That's not good enough. Say that again for him. 2 out of 12. (laughs) It hasn't been good. It it hadn't looked great for about a month now. And I'm not saying that they can't get it on track. Honestly, maybe Cole Beasley could help with that. Is that a Bills offense you know? It's not the Bills offense I know. It's not. But they went against two of the best defenses in the AFC that are bound to be in the playoffs, and they beat them on back-to-back weeks. So when I look at it. They are a good team. Their offense is not as good as it looked earlier. Two first downs on third down. Jordan. One, four in a row. <laughs> they have. Four in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fixes it. The standards, <laughs> standards high for a number one overall it, seed, though. I mean, they are the number one overall seed. Uh, like, uh, huh? They were the top of the conference. Top. The very top. And they top. beat the Chiefs. Beat them. Who we are, NKC. obviously, and rightfully so, all in love with. Yeah. Love. That happened. No, you might not be the same team that you were pre-Halloween. <laughs> but they just won. Yeah. Four in a row. All, I didn't Four. say. I Four didn't say they weren't good. There are concerns. I mean, I think team. every team, to me, outside of the, the Eagles, Eagles yeah. every team, pretty to much me, has agree. a hole or has something that you can be concerned Ooh. about. Yeah, I would I There's no Eagle slander allowed got, on the show. No, 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 no <laughs> Eagle slander. I got a question. Yes, though. sir. You're taking this Bills team right now that you're seeing. The offense has taken the football field, a Von Millerless defense. You're taking this team the way they're playing right now into the playoffs, believing that they finna get to the Super Bowl. I think they have. A, I, I think I, they have as, just as, as good a shot chance as, anybody as anybody in the AFC. Yeah. yeah, that's that would be my answer. I believe they have just as good a chance as I anybody. I ask about the other teams. You're believing that this Buffalo. Yeah, Bills because I team, believe that there are several teams that could that could legitimately make championship runs 
this year. I don't even think we'll be thinking about it eight weeks ago. Oh, like they for sure would. We was they for sure in the Super That's Bowl. a really good point. Now we're concerned. We had them penciled now into the AFC yeah, team to beat I mean, them and all that. That was premature. Anybody eight weeks ago, we lining up, uh, other than Patty Mahomes, we lining up, boom, Bills to the Super Bowl. Now we're concerned. Why? Because what we seeing. What but let me ask you this. Let me ask you. The Bills lost to the Jets by three, maybe five weeks ago. Yep. They just beat the Jets. Like, what else did you want them to do? Did you want them to win by 30? Did you want them to win by 40? You want them to be 5 for 12 on third down? This is, down? This is I what I, this like, is what what I want. want. When I turn the tape on, number one, I don't want to go think we need Cole Beasley. Number two, I want to believe at what we see, right? Turn the tape on like, oh, we. All right, yeah, we won two plays away of being that offense that we talked about. We're not one two plays away. Two for 12 on third down. That's us not playing good football. Okay, let me ask and you this. it's been like that the last hold three on, weeks. Hold on, hold on, hold on, James. Talk to hold me. Hold on. <laughs> Talk to me. We praised the Cowboys without you yesterday, but we did it nonetheless for coming back against the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Houston Texans, 110-1, 98-yard drive to win that game. The lowly Texans. The Jets get beat by eight against the Bills. Not a lowly Jets team. A Jets team that was 5-2 and two just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A Jets team that was 7-4 and four going into the game. And the Bills still beat them handedly. At no point in time did we think Mike White, who could barely stay upright, at no point in time did we think he was going to win the game. You're asking for too much. No, no, no. Like, respectfully, life is not you're fair. asking for too life much. Life is not fair. I understand right? that. Because we know what we've seen from this offense the first part of the season. Right? We know what we see. They could not be stopped. They were on their way to the Super Bowl, headbutt with the Chiefs. They could not be stopped. That's hyperbole. That's hyperbole. But what we have seen, the numbers say it. Josh Allen says it. Stephon Diggs says it. They were unstoppable. And now we're saying they're beating good teams like the Lions and the Jets and all the – the standard of the Buffalo Bills is going down right now. They're not a good offense right now, and they're trending down. That's just the, that's just the numbers. That's just what you see on tape. I feel like you Joy, do not line up. Not to cut you off, you no, do no, no, not no, line up do a good football team <laughs> and go two for twelve. Come on, man! On third, you've seen it before. In my that would have dominated good football. I team. think that you are pumping up who the Bills were in order to make it look like they're worse now. Joy and I watched the Bills lose to the Dolphins. Only put up 19 points, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was a 21-19 game. We watched the Bills barely beat the Ravens. I believe it was a 23-20 game. The Bills weren't waxing everybody. They was winning, but they weren't winning 50-7. to That happened against the Tennessee Titans. They dismantled them. But we sitting here acting like the Bills were just running through teams like the 2013 Broncos. That's just not the case. First eight weeks of the season, 29.2nd in the league. Total offense, numero uno, number one. Passing yards offense, 308 yards per game, numero uno. Scoring offense now, number nine. Total offense now, number eight. Passing yards, number 18 with 200 yards passing. (laughs) That's going down, and that is a concern. (laughs) <laughs> it is a concern. And then when you turn on the tape and you say he's our leading rusher almost by 15 yards and we got running backs, and then you turn on the tape and you say we two for 12, that means somebody's not winning on the outside. The plays we call it ain't working no more. People are catching up to us, and that's not good. That is a concern. Hey, let me ask you this before I take us home. Then. Talk let me ask you to this. me. Are the Bills so good, because in my mind they are, are the Bills so good that even with their concerns, even if they are limping, even if they are hobbled, they can get where they want to get? If I'm not mistaken, uh, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, lead statistician off camera, I believe Josh Allen led the team in passing and rushing when they beat the Chiefs. So that doesn't worry me. Are the Bills not so good that even with your concerns, they can still get where they want to go? I don't know if they could get where they want to go the way this offense is trending. If, you, if you're asking me that question, I'm not ready to say they're going to get in the playoffs and beat a JoJo Burrow. They're going to get in the playoffs and beat a healthy Lamar Jackson. I'm not ready to say that the way this offense is trending. The first eight weeks, Lamar ain't stand no chance against Josh Allen. Uh, Patty didn't stand no chance. Right now with what I'm seeing on film and what I'm seeing with these numbers, I am concerned that I don't think the Buffalo Bills is just walking into the playoffs beating these good teams, playing the way they are playing with all that they asking Josh Allen to do. They asking him to 
to do a lot, but he was an MVP favorite coming into the season for a reason. He got a broad back, and he could put a team on his back. Coming up, the Patriots got the win last night and appeared to be playoff bound. So what does that mean for Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time? Are we impressed or not? That's next. Speed. Sorry, Andy, I did ask you that on the spot. To everyone's surprise, the Patriots, they're back in the playoff picture after a pivotal, and I mean pivotal, win last night. Prime time game world watching, and Bill Belichick's defense found a way to get it done. They held the Cardinals to 13 points. Unfortunately for the Cardinals, star quarterback Kyler Murray knocked out of the game. Patriots, fifth-ranked scoring defense, but that doesn't tell the story. The real story, Joy Taylor, is this. They are currently in the playoffs ahead of teams like the Jets, ahead of teams like the Chargers. The Chargers? Uh, the Chargers. <laughs> How could they be? I thought the Chargers won the Super Bowl. Oh, they ain't in the playoffs. I'm not allowed to slander them. The Chargers are out the playoffs already after one day? One game day? I'm not allowed to slander them. Oh, man. I ain't not allowed. Not yet. Joy, are you impressed with Bill Belichick this season? Chargers fans, let me tell you something. If you think Emmanuel's petty, you have never, ever seen anything like me in your life. (laughs) Y'all better be on hopes and wishes for the rest of the season. Bill Belichick, am I impressed with him? Yes. <laughs> no, sorry to derail the show. No, not not this season. I, I, look, the standard for Belichick and the Patriots is Super Bowls. That's what it is. If there's any team that has a standard for Super Bowls, it is the New England Patriots. So we can't sit here and see the way that this season has gone and be impressed with what they have and what they're putting on the field. It's confusing. We really don't know what week to week Seven and six? Seven what, six. what you're going to get. They're somehow still in the playoffs, though, so we still have to keep talking about what's going on in New England. Now, if they make the playoffs again Mm -hmm. with this team, which is kind of unexplainable, I do think you have to respect what Bill Belichick is doing. I don't know if Bill Belichick is going to win another Super Bowl with the Patriots. My guess would be no. But this is a team that's just – really is not that inspiring to watch outside of what they do on the defensive side of the ball, which is what Bill Belichick does. Mm. So for them to win games like this, and obviously Kyler Murray went out early, they took advantage of it. it okay, great win nonetheless. I just, I, they don't make me afraid. <laughs> you know, like they don't, there's nothing when I watch the Patriots, I'm like, be ready for that, even with the way that the defense can play. So if they made the playoffs, we would assume it went, would go exactly how it went last year. But I do think it is somewhat of an accomplishment to have back-to-back playoff seasons. I think I'm impressed for this reason. Basketball, one of my favorite sayings, you got to make your layups. You got to make your layups. The Patriots make most of, if not all, of their layups. What do I mean? They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. You beat Sam Ellinger when they trot out a second-year quarterback. You beat Zach Wilson. You beat yourself, Zach Wilson, again, if not Mike White. You beat Jacoby Brissett. You make your layups. Mm -hmm. Not every team, though, makes their layups. Think about the teams they are ahead of in the playoff picture. Chargers, you'll have no business losing to the Raiders, especially if you have the ability to beat the Dolphins. Chargers, you'll have no business losing to the Jags, especially if you have the ability to beat the Dolphins. When I think about it, like Jets, you you have no reason to – drop some of these games, particularly drop a game to the Patriots when they're trying to figure out and stabilize their quarterback position. Bill Belichick makes his layups. Why is that impressive? Because so many teams miss theirs, Dave. That's why I'm impressed. Okay, but if all you can do is hit layups, how impressed should I be? Because, like, back back that shot up five feet. Don't back it up to the three-point line. You don't want those problems. Every time the Patriots try something harder than a layup, it doesn't usually go very very well. So, I mean, look, I do – I think it is – it's mildly impressive that the Patriots continue to stay in the conversation considering – their roster. Like Matthew Judon and Josh Uche, guy yep. that I love coming out of college. Like they got some nice pass rushers. Other than that, I'm not sure what they do. I'm not sure how good their quarterback is because a former defensive coordinator is the one calling the plays. They don't have any receivers. Their running back got hurt last night. I, I don't know what this team is. They're, they're the definition of a purgatory team for me. Like they're not or if they, we'll say they get to the promised land of the playoffs. We saw how that went last year. That's how I would expect it to go this year. A comfortable loss. They're not terrible either. And I'm impressed that Belichick can get these results out of it. The, the thing is, though, I just mentioned their roster. 
He's largely responsible for that. Like, more than any other head coach, probably. Maybe we should mention Andy Reid. But for the most part, more than any other head coach, Bill Belichick has a tremendous amount of control of what this team looks like. So the fact that they're not better, the fact that a defensive coordinator is calling all the offensive plays, that's all on him. So it is impressive that they can win the games they're supposed to win and stay in the conversation. But that's not the standard that we hold the Patriots to, right? So I don't know how impressed I'm supposed to be. I'm not impressed at all. We're talking about what everybody says except Shady because I watched the show. Bill Belichick (laughs) is the greatest coach of all time, right? So now that Bill Belichick has an average roster like a lot of these coaches have around the National Football League and they have similar records to Bill Belichick has right now, I'm not impressed. His football team is not a good football team. If you turn on the tape, his football team is not a good football team. They don't know what they are on the offensive side of the ball, right? Yes, they are playing really good defense. Bill Belichick has them playing defense. But this is not a good football team. If they were able to get into the playoffs, they're going to be one and done out of the playoffs, whoever they see out of the AFC. So I'm not impressed at all because, like Joy said, it's about winning Super Bowls. And that's what Bill Belichick is about. I need a quick 30. I need a quick 30. Talk to me. The Patriots have a significantly worse roster than the Denver Broncos. They have a significantly worse roster than the Raiders. They have a significantly worse roster than the Chargers. They have a worse roster than the Jets. Yet they look down on all of those teams. You could have a conversation about the Patriots being equivalent talent-wise to the Colts, particularly with Shaq Leonard being out. You could have that conversation. Yet the Patriots are looking down on all those teams that are better than them talent-wise. That's why I'm like, at the end of the day, Belichick as a coach, is he not doing his job? But, but well, we, but we yeah. know he's not just a coach. So to, to Dave's point, I think that's where, for me, I, I stop the credit because if you are given a situation as a coach and you're doing what Belichick is doing, that's really impressive. Because you're right. They don't have a good as roster as, as all those teams that they are ahead of right now. Mm-hmm. But Bill Belichick did not, was not given this roster. He went to the store mm-hmm. and shopped. I get my groceries delivered. He went to the store, picked out all the produce, went on, was reading the stuff on the back of the box, make sure it's the right ingredients. It happened. All right. So he, he designed this roster. So it is a, it, not, you, you wanted this. Yes. You, you put these guys in, in charge. You put Matt Patricia this is as your the team. non-offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. This is all by your design. Real quick, because we only have a few more seconds, James or Joy. Think about the quarterbacks drafted in that class. Justin Fields, the Bears are not very good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, was he in that class? Yep. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, the Jags are not very good. Trey Lance is hurt, but as we saw in Trey Lance's limited time, they would not have been very – like, he's getting the most what, out of a quarterback what, class that nobody's excelling. We're forgetting one thing. What we is that? We labeled this man as the greatest coach ever these other coaches that you're talking about we're not labeled them as the greatest coaches ever what do the great quarterbacks do make everybody around them better when they don't they don't get kudos for winning five games right and it's not impressive (laughs) so that's bill bell if you labeled the greatest ever with this roster that you guys are saying he put together and went to the store and picked them himself you should be winning more games and we should be more impressed right now i'm not impressed by seven wins and you labeled the greatest coach ever incredibly incredibly well said well transitioning to a little bit of sad news remember college football legend mississippi state head coach mike leach He passed away earlier today. I will have a final thought over one of the greatest football minds to ever live. That's next on Sports. Time for my final thought on the passing of Mississippi State coach Mike Leach. First time I met him was in 2008. I was on a University of Texas football team poised to go to a national championship. We were leading by one point with eight seconds left. Coach Leach did what he does. Drew up a play and found a way to win. I lost my opportunity at a national title that day, but I gained a tremendous amount of respect for this man, Coach Mike Leach, a football savant, a genius, one of the most brilliant minds the game has ever seen. At Texas Tech, he led his team to a bowl game every single year he was there. The winningest head coach at Texas Tech. He went on to Wazoo and to Mississippi State, but his legacy was left behind at every single program he visited. Coach Mike Leach, you changed the game forever. And for that, I am forever indebted. You'll be missed, Coach. You'll be missed.